Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, December the 20th and 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year C and this will be the first Sunday after Christmas Day since this Sunday is December the 26th. This week we'll have a couple different liturgies overlapping one another. We'll have this first Sunday after Christmas Day for most of the days, but since Christmas Eve is on Friday, we will switch gears because there is a liturgy for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So we have a lot to choose from. But on Monday, we like to take a look at the Old Testament passage for the week. And so I'm going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, and then verse 26. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning and when our eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. First Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, and verse 26. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took to him when she was up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would come home. And then verse 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. This is the word of God for us. So the idea of youth ministry is kind of a modern phenomenon. Um, there wasn't youth ministers in the New Testament church that we can you know, kind of hang a Bible passage on to prove that we need youth ministries in our churches. But somehow along the way, uh, parents began to get, have a little bit of anxiety about their kids discovering faith and entering into faith in their adult years. And so every modern church, or as many as that can afford it, began to employ either volunteers or paid staff for youth ministry. So it's kind of a, a newer deal. And so the old formula was that you needed one adult person for every five youth or young adults in your church, right? So that there'd be plenty of adults around uh, for kids to learn from, to glean information from, to be discipled by, right? But um, I just I love the work of Kara Powell and the Fuller Youth Ministry Institute that began to notice that we need to change the paradigm a little bit. And that paradigm needs to go from one adult to five students to five adults per student. And uh, what Kara Powell did as they were raising kids is that they began to intentionally pursue different adults that would be uh, would have access to each of their kids and to begin to do a formal ceremony of commitment towards one another. And so many churches do this interesting thing in youth ministry where they have the youth and their parents to begin to think about what five adults do you want to pursue personally and you want to have them commit to being near to your students as they go from that adolescent years into their adult years and to show them the different complexities of faith. And so we see this happening again and again. And what I love about some, some of my time in uh, church ministry is I've seen so many adults uh, let go of their own needs and their own desires at whatever age of life they're in. And they want to turn towards the young and they want to make sure that young people have plenty of adults in their life, that, they, that these young people get a, a vision of what it's like to be an adult with faith and work and worship 
um, as parents and as volunteers in the community. And so we grow up with this idea of what a, what it looks like to be a Christian adult is to have all these things active in our life. Even Ginger and I, like Ginger and I, as parents, like we are committed to being the primary vision of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus for our kids, for Avery and for Ezra. But we relish how all these different adults get to interact with our kids. Um, I think about Ezra and his hockey coaches. I think of Avery and uh, the the musical and the drama, the theater community that she is interacting with. And along the way, they're going to have instructors. They're going to have teachers um, from different things that they're doing. And uh, they're going to have people in church who go on youth trips with them, mission trip with them, and they're going to have all these different visions of what it means to be an accountant but still follow the Lord, or an architect and still follow the Lord, or a stay-at-home mom and still follow the Lord, or a hockey coach and still follow the Lord. And so this is going to be this great mosaic and tapestry of what faithfulness looks like. And that is it's ultimately a, a awesome thing to help uh, allow our kids to be initiated into the deeper dimensions of the Christian faith as they go from kids to adolescence and into their adult years. So I see this happening in this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 2. So Hannah has been pleading with God, and we know this earlier in the story, for a child because she's been overlooked. She's been barren, and for whatever reason, she hasn't been able to give Elkanah a son or give Elkanah a child. And God grants her prayer, and she says, I will give this first child to you. And so year after year, as Samuel, her son, has been given to Eli and the temple ministry, Year after year, she gives him a new set of clothes, and she gets to check in on him. And Eli knows that Samuel's on loan. He's on loan from Elkanah and Hannah. He's on loan from God. And so Eli knows that even though he sees him every day, he gets to train Samuel every day in these impressionable years, that ultimately Samuel doesn't belong to him, but he belongs to God, and he belongs to another family. That's what I think one of the great gifts of the church is that we're all a family, but we all we have like these subfamilies and even singles that we scoop together in the midst of uh, learning communities like small groups and Sunday schools that we bump into one another, we check in with one another, and we confide in one another. And in some mystery, all these relationships, all these touch points, once again lead to this great mosaic of community and of connection. And if we look close enough, we this, we see the face of our God and a multitude of faces that are in our life. And so, what a gift! community is. But this morning, I want to tune, uh, turn our attention totally to the young who are in our life. Now, some of us are parents, and so this is an easier prayer to, uh, to agree with. But I think for some of us who don't have kids, or our kids are older and they're grown, uh, and we don't have grandkids yet, or maybe we do, like, we are still committed to be, being committed to the young people in our life to make sure that they have uh, the best chance possible to see Jesus alive in our lives. It's a tall task. But it's one of these critical areas of discipleship. Remember Jesus that when he had the children come to him, this children, that point in the Gospels where the kids like storm him, they overwhelm him, and his disciples want to try to shoo them away. But Jesus refuses, and he wants the kids to be around him. And he actually says, unless your faith is like one of these kids, you don't belong to me. So having kids in our life is not just because it's important for us to give back, because somebody poured into our life, we also see Jesus alive and well in our lives when we get to interact with kids. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Spirit, we thank you for the kids in our lives. Uh, we thank you that 
uh, and with our kids in our midst, whether they're kids or grandkids, um, and kids that we're connected to through relationships, through church life, or through extracurricular activities, that a couple of twin things happen for us. First off, we get the chance to be held in charge over their faith and their life, and so we pray that you give us wisdom, that you give us your spirit, uh, you give us an imagination to to be a light-hearted, uh, winsome presence in all their lives, so that kids grow up naturally thinking about faith, uh, wondering how their faith and their life will mesh together. But God, we also thank you that kids help us to be reoriented into the way of Jesus, that unless we have the faith of kids, uh, we don't get to experience the depth of your kingdom, and so we thank you that we can learn from our kids. It's not that they're just learning from us, but we get to learn from them. And so God, I pray that you give us curious minds around kids, and I pray that as we learn from them and as we follow their lead, that you lead us deeper into our faith and the kingdom life with you. So God, we pray for our kids. Bless them. Set them apart. Empower them. Allow them to change the world around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.